talk trash You play with it, you can fall back Welcome to Sunday League the Podcast The Podcast Welcome to Sunday League the Podcast The Podcast Welcome to Sunday League the Podcast You know we can talk trash If you play with it, with it, fall back Welcome to Sunday League the Podcast The Podcast Welcome to Sunday League the Podcast The Podcast The Podcast What's going on, Bush Leaguers, and welcome to a special episode of Sunday League, the podcast. We've got an incredible guest joining us today. He's a stud, he's ballsy, he don't take shit from anyone, and he doesn't have to hide the smoke stogies. This man played professional baseball in Germany for the Guggenberger Legionnaire. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He also snuck into the 2016 Home Run Derby at Petco Park uh, <laughs> and is also the writer and creator of the upcoming TV miniseries, on deck mr alex bentley welcome to the podcast i hope you brought your umpire fees <laughs> i actually just got a text from the guy that i do some uh what up tom with uh the guy i do some side hustle uh side job youth umpiring from today about the umpire fees so it's kind of funny <laughs> to say that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> no thanks for having me you guys it's 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 a dream come true to you know be such a diehard baseball fan my whole childhood uh to want to grow up play ball and then transition into making baseball movies uh, which is, you know, my childhood dream and now my career. So to get to do it and get to talk about it and share it with baseball fans out there, they're going to get to watch something that they've never gotten to watch. There's never been a baseball TV show like this before, just like there's never been baseball movies like the ones I'm going to be making after this. So um, that's kind of something I was told recently and it kind of stuck and I like it. It's like I'm the baseball guy in Hollywood. And nice. I like that, that we're, I think we're going to stick with that and make that a thing. You know, before we just get real deep into it uh we have a little tradition uh we like to go around the horn so uh we're gonna start off with you uh what are you drinking tonight uh 394 padres tony Winbeer. rube what you got man mm. uh rum and coke today rum and coke, it's in my yeti cup because i'm team yeti with a straw with a straw <laughs> of <Yeah>. course <laughs> dh I got, my, I got my my guatemalan rum in my cup right here too Beautiful. splash of coke like nice. slight splash uh i'm drinking uh Boski's bomb, which is uh, the poor man's gray goose and a uh, white monster. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, tell tell us a little bit more about the show. Like, what is it? Who is it for? And uh, how how did it come to fruition? Well, it's definitely for everyone, but mainly for baseball fans. You know, it's it's definitely something that can appeal to the general population in the sense that these characters are very human and relatable, and these athletes go through things that I think people that have played any sport go through when they reach the end of their career, but. For the guys that are still playing and pursuing the dream, it's going to be a motivating, exciting show. We've got cameos and MLB stars playing themselves in ways that fans have never seen. Baseball's kind of sleeping with the content, you know. MLB is way behind NFL and NBA when it comes to things like this, and I'm here to change that. It's a, it's a fresh, gutsy, ballsy baseball story. Uh, I'm touching on some topics that a lot of people probably don't want me to touch on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we got a special. I think we got a special one here, man. It was born out of, you know, I wasn't thinking I want to make a TV show that'll do good in Hollywood. I was thinking I'm a baseball fan and I want to watch something right now that doesn't exist. What I want to watch doesn't exist, so that's why I made this. Was literally as a as a high baseball IQ baseball fan. Um, there was just not the show that I wanted to see that you know covered the inner workings of the front office and the players grind to the big leagues and you know, the, the realistic notion that most players don't freaking make it to the big leagues and all kinds of stuff like that. So anyone with any affiliation or passion for baseball, I think is not only going to really connect with the show, but be looking forward to the next episode coming out every week and next season. 
I think we got something real special here. I, I hate to say it and keep comparing it, but Entourage and Ballers are kind of the two comparisons for the show and the theme and the tone, except maybe a little more wholesome and youth-friendly, something that the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the youth can watch too. But my goal yeah. was to make the, the best baseball production of all time, the best TV show of all time. And it yeah. just seems like we're, we're on the way. Yeah. And, you know, in my opinion, sometimes like with some of the traditional movies and the TV shows that you see is like what lacks a lot of time is that realism, you know, the baseball sauce, if you know what I mean. Like the you see it on the screen. The authenticity that yes, he gave, yes, man. That's yes. what's missing from all these corny ass Hollywood baseball movies. <laughs> like, I'm over these I'm actors on the screen. <laughs> For real. So, and like that's kind of what what I'm looking forward to, you know, when when I see, you know, what on deck is all about, you know, the, the talent that you're bringing on, you know, you got Tatis is going to be on the show, you even got Scott Boris on the show. Like, how did you manage to get all of these people on board with what you've got going on? Truthfully, bro, I think God and the universe were just rewarding the drive and ambition that I had for this because it, it's been a lot of luck. And, you know, the coolest part of all this has kind of been bonding a friendship with Fernando out of, you know, just kind of working together one day shooting a scene. But I I reached out to Fernando via several people that failed to get me in touch with him. So I just did it myself. I went straight to him. I left him an audio recording on Instagram. It was genuine, heartfelt, explaining the project and everything we had going on. And he responded a week later, I'm listening. And then uh, I, I gave him some more info. I showed him the pitch deck. And he's like, I'm there, bro. Let's do it. Tell me when. Let, let, let's change the game. And, you know, the dude's personality. He, first of all, he's as good at everything as he is at baseball, bro. This right. kid is sensational. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's a great actor. He didn't even let me pay for his Uber. He's just a great dude with a big heart. And he came through. He killed it. He was fun. Everyone loved him on set. He's the same way on that yacht and on set as he is on the field. All smiles, laughs, infectious. And um, as far as the other guys that we got the cameos from, Scott Boris, Harold Reynolds, um, Jenny Finch, Adam Jones. We, we just went to the MLB winter meetings with the intent of shooting some, you know, B-roll footage for the show mm-hmm. and some footage. And we talked to some people about the show. And before you knew it, they're like, that's dope. I want to shoot a scene. I'm like, no way, really? <laughs> well, shoot, I got the camera. Let's do it right now. Hell yeah. And, um, yeah, before you knew it, we had five cameos and all the momentum in the world. And everything since then has just kind of trickled down, spiraled one thing into another. And then comedian Trevor Wallace got involved. Jumanji movie star Sudarius Blaine got involved. Don Benjamin got involved. Mm. And um, now whether the network picks up the show and recasts and reshoots everything or whether we just receive funding to go ahead and continue making the show ourselves, either way, we got like a, a bona fide TV series with a sustainable script and story that can last a few seasons. And nice. hopefully a few of these players will last a few seasons because I've got a great vision for their their careers and, you know, and their, their playing seasons as well as the show's seasons. So, you know, I think the fans and – viewers will grow with these players over time and it'll inspire athletes everywhere and not just athletes, but anyone to um, chase your dream, pursue your dream, go back to a dream that you've given up on, Um, you know, finding identity and purpose in your new dream after adjusting to a big life change and getting back up off your ass when life knocks you down. Um, I'm just so happy and grateful. I got the opportunity to tell the story before someone beat me to it because it was just, if I don't do this, who's going to do it? And then when I said that, I'm like, oh, shit, now I said it. I better go do it before someone else does fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> and with, with, with you saying when with you saying that it's a family friendly show, 
like this is something like their a, a father and a son could watch together and and kind of bond together over because you know a lot of the, like like ballers and entourage that was more of an adult show but having that family friend friendly you know camaraderie that's good because that, that's that's like the the pinnacle of baseball like your father and your dad you know your dad right, and you play right, cash right. things like that like that's a great bonding experience totally totally and again, like if the network picks it up and wants to make it a little bit more like a HBO Ballers type thing, uh, it's not my first choice, but I'm open to that. I just want to see yeah. this vision come to life where all the baseball fans have something really cool, authentic, unique, new, fresh, and uh, and just flat out ballsy to, to watch. Nice. Our, our show gives a certain justice to uh, an injustice in our game and our sport that didn't happen in real life. And it's just an exciting ending. Uh, the way we've crafted the story, it's just, <laughs> I, I would almost take a lot less money to keep the people I have involved and shoot it myself and keep all the creative control. Because the truth is, as much as this has mega mainstream potential, I'm here for the baseball people first. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I wouldn't sell that out. And I, I really think if I have the opportunity to just tell the story we want to tell, this will be a baseball show talked about within the community, like no baseball show or movie has ever been discussed. You know, this, th this will be the mm -hmm. type of thing I think spread the, the most powerful marketing is word of mouth. I don't know if you know this, but inception didn't do as much PNA as you would think for a movie that got seen so much. And when I yeah. think back to inception, I saw it. I just remember thinking anyone I spoke to for the next two weeks, I said, Hey man, have you seen inception? <laughs> oh, you got to go watch that movie, bro. One way or another, no matter what you think, let me know. And I think this is going to be that type of show where anyone like, look, I, I, I want to create something that impacts the culture of the sport. I want kids to be quoting this show while they play catch yeah. and get ready for their high school games. You know what I mean? I want this yep. to it positively, but I want this to infect the shit out of the baseball culture and become something that, these kids look forward to on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, you know, the way I look forward to WandaVision right now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you'll definitely know what happens. You'll definitely know baseball is very quotable. Very. Baseball is quotable. That's a great way to put it, bro. It's romantic too, but it's very quotable. Yeah. And there, there, just to give you an idea of how quotable it is, baseball is romantic. The way Billy Bean slash Brad Pitt said that Moneyball, it, it's my mm. senior quote in my high school. Like, it, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's that shit's romantic, man. It is. I, I remember standing over Petco watching the sunset uh, after a day game once, and I was the last person in the stadium, and I just shed a tear. I'm like, man, I lived in the Middle East once. I didn't know what my future was going to be, and this fucking Padres baseball was the one thing that always, you know, made me look forward to it's all good. Just grind through this and make it back to the states, and everything will work out. And and that is kind of what ended up happening. Yeah, there you go. Alex, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced uh, during production? Um, getting anyone to listen to you was tough when you have an idea at its infancy, you know? Like, I, I spent eight months marketing the shit out of the show with no cameos, no Tatis, no Sudarius Blade, no nobody, just a vision. Yeah. Um, so I, I just had so much passion in my voice. A lot of these people just said, I, I like the story and I like this kid's passion. I'm going to roll with this. I'm going to invest in it. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to take my chance and get involved with this. Um, you know, I have a few acting credits and some production to my name, but I don't have any significant credits. You don't go look at my name and 
see any you know Tarantino movies that I was an assistant director on or whatnot. So this is kind of mm-hmm. my first big scope of this project, becoming a you know professional showrunner. Um, so that was a huge challenge, and then getting the cameos was challenging. But I think I was just doing eight people's job at once. I mean, Michaela Bourne, the co-producer, she's my right hand. Um, she did a ton of the co-producer work, but other than her, I really didn't have too much help. Becca Davis, uh, awesome uh, writer, director, uh, entertainment lawyer. She's helped me and guided me along the way, along with a few other people. But early on, it was really just me. And I was doing six different people's jobs. And it was just my COVID baby while everyone else was, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. either at home or, or whatnot. During that year, I just spent 16 hours a day on this and nothing else. That's passion, man. That's passion. I mean, you can't, you can't knock that. I mean, you know, definitely the belief in what you have and the belief of what you're bringing, like you got to stick to it. And I think that's the same as, you know, being a ball player, like you can go over 10, but you still got to have that belief in yourself that, you know what, I, I just got to stay consistent and I'm going to make some solid contact. The ball's going to find the gap over the fence, whatever it is. So like, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you get, you know, that side of, you know, that persistence from baseball. Like, how does baseball help you with that? That's a freaking awesome question, bro. And that question and I have some history going back to three, four years ago in Harry Scott's acting class at the rehearsal room in San Diego. We would discuss the absurd similarities between acting and baseball. I mean, I, I look at an audition as an at-bat, you know. Uh, yeah. A no is a strikeout. Now, I could go up there and take the best two hacks of my life and just straight up miss a pitch and then drill one foul and then, you know, ground out on the next pitch. And, you know, it's a failure of an at-bat. I didn't get the runner over. I didn't get a base hit. I didn't extend the at-bat and work the pitcher, but I still took the two best hacks of my life. I can go and do an audition, you know, think the character's thoughts, you know, be truthful, emotive, and do everything right, everything I wanted to do, kill the audition and just not get the part. So... You got to have thick skin. You got to be willing to put in a shitload of work and do the repetitions and put in the hours. But it's absurd how similar acting in baseball has been. So everything I learned from the field, mostly from failures, um, has been monumental in my filmmaking and acting career. What is the the biggest dilemma throughout the entire show that uh, is going to keep the audience coming back? One night, our main character, Jaden Hill, discovers that his teammate, Maxie, and the team's analytic coach, DJ, have been secretly developing a new product, a performance-enhancing full-body sleep for players they're calling Cortex. While knowing its use leans into questionable territory, Jaden decides to give it a try anyway and is blown away by the sudden improvement in his play. So uh, something that will keep the audience coming back in this show is definitely going to be the you know, dishonest and somewhat scandalous use of this product that a lot of the show is centered around and a lot of the characters in the show have no idea. So there's, uh, you know, layers of deceit, betrayal, trust, success, failure going on with the show with all the characters and they're all intertwined. And um, between how we tie in this product to the Astros public cheating scandal, Bonds and Rose, and several other things, they all intertwine at the end of the episode, both truth in real life and our fictional story. And I just think we got something so freaking cool that the baseball world is going to love and see a justice that they didn't get to see in real life. And uh, we got some more surprise cameos. 
I, I truly think we have the coolest baseball show of all time and the most authentic baseball production of all time. You know, other than Moneyball, I think we got the next best one. I mean, you're showing, I think you're you showing both sides. I'm so oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you can go in just so many different directions with that whole morality piece to it. You know, it's like now with baseball, you've got that whole thing with uh, manipulating service time. And, you know, you got the, the, the go-go juice, you know, the, the, the stuff they put on the baseballs like to, to help <laughs> pitchers. Like, you know, there's so many different directions that you can go with that. And I think that's a, you know, pretty awesome way to kind of put a metaphor behind it is that, you know, that sleeve. The sleeve is absolutely a metaphor. It's a cool observation and an even cooler way to word it that I haven't thought of yet. But the sleeve, more importantly, re-triggers several conversations in baseball that need to be had. And when, you know, when one office controls where all the info comes in and out of, it makes it kind of tough for us to have a, uh, a big discussion. So that's kind of something we're going to do here. Yeah, we, we tend to, on our podcast, we tend to talk about, like, stuff like that. And... You know, like we, we've said before, this is a gentleman's game, but the business side of it, like, kind of, like, changes that perspective of, you know, like, the yeah, we're supposed to, you know, put, play with honor, but not everybody does, man, and there's a lot of things that go on. I think um, one thing I wanted to definitely touch on is just a little bit of your playing experience. I mean, like, you started playing ball around, like, what was, when did you start playing ball? Was it when you were really little, or was it a little bit later on in life, and when did it really take off for you? <clears throat> Bro, I got pictures of them throwing me the ball and me trying to swing when before I could walk. Um, I, I don't know why. My mother's a Moroccan Israeli, and my father was a boxer and football player from Pittsburgh. So why baseball? Why me? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but I've been living and breathing it my entire life. I was five years old listening to the radio saying, I'm listening to Jerry Coleman and Ted Leitner. Don't talk to me until the game's over, please. You know, like uh, you can sneak in a question during the commercials. I already did my homework. <laughs> uh, I just always lived and breathed baseball my whole life. And uh, I've always had a really high baseball IQ and felt that I've always, you know, perceived the game a little bit differently than most of the other players on the field. And it's always been an advantage. Um, when I moved to the Middle East at age 12, baseball kind of became that one haven, that one thing that I was able to hold on to and still love. Yeah, brother, from Israel to Italy to Germany to Mexico. To go all over the world. Yeah. It, baseball has taken me all over the world, and it's been something that I've been able to share with people from all over the world. You know, I've been to the DR, I've been to Israel, uh, I've been to 20 different countries, and baseball is, you know, not in all of them, but around <laughs> in a lot of them. That's something I, I'm excited to be a part of is, you know, grow the game in parts of the world that it's not that well known. I think that's a cool way to spend a life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ba baseball. I don't want to say saved my life, but baseball was one of the best parts of my life in my childhood. And it's something that I've bonded over with loved ones. You know, I have a Middle Eastern mom who barely speaks English, but she understands what a hit and run is. And nice. listening, li listening to this woman who barely can talk English, tell you, <laughs> ah, what is this? You did a home run? Ah, Barry Bonds, <laughs> I fuck him. We Padres, you know, like him. Like that shit is hilarious. And I, I've gotten stuff like that all over the world. And, and I don't know, just I love baseball. You know, me gusta baseball. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's an awesome game. And it's brought me some of the coolest people and experiences in my life. And here we go with On Deck. Here we go again. And It's a I universal mean, language. Yes, it is. It definitely <laughs> is. But I mean, like, what is it about playing the catcher's position that you really enjoy the most? I mean, it's like you get – 
part of the action all the time when you're on the field. So I also saw that you were a relief pitcher at some point in your career. Is that true? Submarine. Yeah, I was like a long relief submarine guy very briefly. <laughs> I, was a, I was a pretty solid pitcher for the Israel national team when I was younger. And when I came back to the U.S., our high school team was stacked with left-handed pitching. And we just really didn't need me. We had two righties. They were both solid. So I was just full-time catcher. And I thought I'll get a good pitching coach when I get to college. And just had no time for that. I was too busy taking all the hacks in the world, wrist surgeries, learning, you know, how to catch at a higher level. And then after college, I just had such a fresh arm. And I would throw a sidearm and the ball would just tail like six, seven inches. So I didn't even need a breaking ball or a changeup. I just threw this sidearm sinker. And uh, I got weak fly balls and ground outs, not too many strikeouts. And just very rarely did anyone hit the ball hard or far off me. Pitch to contact. Pitch to contact. That's my oh, philosophy. Yeah. yeah, I pitched as a catcher. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, like, when I play ball, because we're, you know, we're professional Sunday leaguers, you know, we're all retired and all. <laughs> but um, uh, for me, like, one of my biggest things is I, I do everything very methodically, very uh, – baseball is very, like, full of ritual and – like routine developing that that one routine that you it, it if you don't do it it's gonna fuck up your entire game um so my question to you is like did, did you have any pregame rituals that like you had to do this or or else you're gonna have a shitty game yeah and they were always changing because i'd still do them and still have shitty games <laughs> <laughs> for one season it was meditation for one season <laughs> it was getting to the field like five hours before the game and visualizing that, that worked like two games yeah. and then horribly the rest of the year. And it was anyway. Yeah. I, I had a few, they were always rotating because none of them seemed to freaking work. <laughs> <laughs> then you, then, yeah, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. That's yeah, I mean, when you find something. Yeah. When you find something that works and it's <laughs> usually something crazy random, you know, like... well, here's, the, here's the thing, bro. You, you go over three with two line outs. Yeah. Did it work or not work? Baseball is just a weird, stupid fucking game sometimes, but I, I love yeah. it more than anything. That's right. Keeps you, keeps you coming back for more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but one thing I do want to ask you is like, what do you think is a little bit of, or what is more of a difficult business to break into? Is it professional baseball business or would you say the entertainment business? Um, I don't know, because there's two things that, have, that are out of your control with entertainment. Look, they, they both have one interesting – that's a great question. They both have one interesting thing in common, which is if you're willing to outwork 99% of people, at some point you're going to get a good break. But in entertainment, there's always elements out of your control. You know, No matter how good you are, you might just not be right for that part, and you might not be getting in to see the, the casting directors for the parts you are actually right for because it's just such a broad scope with so many actors and seeing so many people, and maybe your rep didn't get a hold of that audition, blah, blah, blah. In baseball – I've seen guys hit 600 in college and not even get a fucking post draft contract offer. And then guys with a 13 ERA get taken in the 12th round. So I don't know. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say both are ridiculously hard. And the fact that I chose those two things to pursue in my life probably shows something's wrong with me, but whatever. <laughs> you yeah. just got to stay consistent with it. Though. Just like, you know, you got to sneak in at some point if you have to, like the home yeah. run derby. I, I, I got to tell you guys a story. I don't know if I've told my my guys over here on the Sunday League podcast, but I snuck into the winter meetings one time when they had it in San Diego. I dressed up, put on a tie, had my little briefcase, 
just kind of went up to one of the rooms like where, where the lobby was and everybody's walking in and out. I couldn't get very far, but I found a place to sit down and I just pulled up my laptop, sat down next to a dude, heard them talking about some Dodgers. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, but, you know, sometimes it's what you got to do. I got a good, I got a quick sneak in story for you guys. 2016, and I am playing uh, college ball at San Diego City College. And uh, the All-Star game comes through to San Diego. And I do not have the money to attend that at the time. Even though it's absolute bucket list. And yeah. uh, I got, I, I was able to get myself some little BS part-time job inside the stadium. Uh, I think it was as a production assistant. And, you know, I... I <laughs> what you gotta do <laughs> i threw my headphones on i threw a beige suit on i threw some sunglasses on and i walked my happy ass right into that clubhouse like i was one of them all-stars nobody said a word to me bro picked out an empty empty locker claimed it um so i went did a little work on my job kind of went back and forth back and forth and I get into talking with whoever the Royals, I think were in the world series before the year before. So I'm in the American league side and on the first base side and the Royals uh, bullpen catcher. And I get into a brief conversation. I tell him I'm a sophomore in college. I'm a catcher. Da, da, da. And he's like, well, bro, I got to do this last year. You want to gear up and do an inning of the home run derby? I'm like, no, really? <laughs> so I go to, I go to the clubhouse manager and I don't know what possessed me to do this. I say, I, I need an American league Jersey pants, socks, belt, shoes, ASAP. I'm about to go catch a half inning <laughs> right here. Hurry up, please, please, please. Guy comes back, gives me full uniform, Altuve Jersey, belt, pants, shoes, everything. Right. So I'm on the field. Um, you know, the derby's going on. Then the bullpen catcher tells me, Hey bro, they, they told me I was gear. I was literally getting a second bag ready for you to tell you to come get ready um, and you're going to catch Trumbo's half. I'm like, no way. And, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately they're not letting me do it. Nobody else can do it. I was going to let you and him both take a half, uh, a half inning. So I'm really not bothered because I'm next to Donaldson and Trout and all these Poppy and Jackie Bradley and all these all-stars, um, on the field. And I start leaving at the end of the derby, everything's cool. You know, it's coming to an end, life-changing experience, incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, college baseball player doing what most major leaguers don't even ever get a chance to do. Derby on the field as a player in uniform. And um, <laughs> I start hearing, like, and it's pretty cleared out at this point. I'm just gathering, you know, a couple balls and some memorabilia and uh, throwing a couple up to the fans. And they start yelling, Altuve, Altuve. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, I thought Altuve left hours ago. And then they keep yelling, Altuve! I'm like, oh, I should probably, like, go, right? I'm wearing a jersey that says Altuve. They <laughs> <laughs> oh, start walking to the clubhouse, and now they're, like, screaming Altuve. And then it hits me. They think I'm Jose Altuve. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I didn't want to let the kids down, you know? Yeah, you can't let the kids down at that I'm, point. You're already that deep into it. I was, yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound, bro. I signed like 50 autographs for those kids. <laughs> hey, but like, so you got to catch like the actual home run derby. Like if I were to actually roll back the tape of the 2015 home run derby, am I going to see you behind the plate? No, I did. I did. It didn't get to end ah. up catching. 
Man, did you, uh, did you he put came in crazy. He said I was putting a whole bag together for you guys to use my gear, so it looks like me and everything. And and Yosti and all of them said, no, don't. You can't let anyone else do it. Damn. Oh, but, you know, like in comparison to I'm already on the field getting to experience this, I was not bothered whatsoever. The fact the guy even offered was really cool. And um, I oh, recently yeah. had a, a different bucket list experience. I was on a plane and it was full. And I, uh, I told them, guys, I'd love to sit up front with the pilot in the cockpit if that's cool. And they're like, OK. And I got <laughs> all the way into the cockpit. They buckled me in. I was going to get to spend the flight in there with the <laughs> pilot watching from the fucking windshield of the plane. And then uh, some lady got off the flight, and they were good. Oh, uh, and they tried to damn. move me back. I'm like, I'm good. I'll stay. And they're like, no, no, only if you have to. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you sign I'm some like? Uh, <laughs> didn't you sign some like crazy names under the uh, with the autographs? I did. Nice. I signed. Uh, <laughs> I, I signed like a lot of. I don't even want to repeat the names, bro. I was young, <laughs> and foolish, but I signed some some funny ones, man. <laughs> Some kids got some balls that did not say Altuve, and I'm sure they know this. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> Bosky, you want to hit um, the rapid fire? Rapid fire? Bosky. We, we want to do that now? Let's get it done. <laughs> okay. Let's get it done. All right. Let's, yeah. I'm in no, no rush. Uh, if that's something you guys do at the end, no worries. No, no. It's not at the end, but uh, it just sounds yeah, like yeah. something fun to do. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. Let's, do let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Rapid fire. These are just yes or no questions. So whatever comes to mind. Uh, first question: Does traffic bother you? Of course. <laughs> Do you enjoy wiffle ball? Oh, I love it. I uh, did online school as a kid in high school, and sorry, I'm supposed to talk fast here. Rapid fire. I did <laughs> online school as a kid in high school, and I took a web design class. And instead of designing the class they the web design or the website they wanted, I asked if I could build a website for my baseball league based on MLB.com's website. And my father and I. Um, he was traveling at the time working in the travel industry and because I was doing online school I was able to travel with him at no extra expense for us other than my flight so I got to go to all kinds of cities with him Hawaii San Francisco Atlanta and we would always take the wiffle ball with us and we took photos and we would play one game every single day for the entire uh, MLB season so we played about 100, 160 wiffle ball games and I ran that site even after the school year ended for a few months very nice I That's love cool. Football is the shit. Uh, do you, hey, have do you guys that? know about Blitzball? Yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. It's oh, like Blitzball yeah. is with steroids. Yeah, and I need it. I want to throw like a huge Blitzball tournament with big leaguers. Let's oh, do it. Yeah. Ooh, that's some nasty pitches right there. Yeah, I like the idea. <laughs> uh, do you have battle scars from baseball? I do. Check out these two wicked scars on my wrist. I was double casted at one point. Uh, and it made for a great Halloween costume, even though it killed my baseball momentum and scholarship offers. But I was, uh, I went and got my cast turned red, and I was the Red Lobster special for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was nice. Very Everyone nice. used to always ask, one, did you try to jump off a building? And two, how do you wipe your ass? Oh, <laughs> I, I'd always be like the kid from Big Daddy. I wipe my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> do mice really eat cheese? No idea. <laughs> are martians actually green martians martians are they like green? people who live on mars yeah oh don't get me started with any of that uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um can anyone play baseball no thank you do you collect baseball cards um not anymore but 
I still can't seem to get rid of the ones I did collect. So <laughs> same. Uh, do you own a left-handed fungo? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, have you seen the uh, have you seen the box of curveballs? Yeah, go rake the warning track and let me know if they're out there. <laughs> Last one. Do Man, you have the hose freshman on that? Oh, Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Do you have the keys to the batter's box? Don't joke about that, bro. I used to have to sneak into our batter's box. It was all locked up. I went to San Diego City College. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And that is you, all for rapid fire. You got fires. any more? That's pretty fun. You got any more of those? Ooh, um, they're not yes or no's, but uh I have a couple more questions. Uh, do you have a slump buster? <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty consistent, bro. I didn't really get into slumps. Okay. <laughs> I think I think your routine was to not have a routine. Maybe. Kind of a cool way to put it. If you could pick a theme song to describe your life, where it's at now, uh, what song would that be? Ooh. I don't know why Till I Collapse by Eminem just came to mind. Based off a little bit of research that I did, uh, are you looking forward to playing Dan Balzerian? <laughs> um, bro, more than you know. I've been working on that character journal for a long time. I think there's a very misunderstood human being there, and there's a really cool script and story that we're going to tell there. Um, I'm getting in shape now with my trainer, Mo, Grandmaster Gaines. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm growing out the beard. I'm working on the dialect with the dialect coach to sound mm -hmm. a little more like Dan. And um, God willing, that's going to be a, a good good project and a cool opportunity for me acting-wise. Very nice. Um, what is your dream collaboration? Oh, I want to work with Adam Sandler and Denzel Washington and Fernando Tatis. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> oh. very nice. <laughs> Got one down. <laughs> one down two to go yeah no i wanted i want to be on uh, mlb network at some point i don't know if it's as an analyst you know 30 years from now or just as a guest talking about it but i, I really want to be in that studio talk i mean you know hopefully talking about on deck yeah um that that's a dream of mine um i, I absolutely will book some type of reoccurring role in the marvel cinematic universe at some point yeah um but yeah tatis denzel sandler can you recall your worst performance as a ball player? I sure can. It was my senior year of high school, and we were the talk of the town, undefeated. We had like eight lefties in our starting lineup. It was like me and Cody Reynolds were the only righties, and Logan, our shortstop. So left side of our infield, uh, both both D1 studs. Um, and I stayed up the night before. I had two opportunities to go to bed, one at like 9 and the other at like midnight. And I made poor decisions both times. I went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Um, and granted, the umpire that day was calling balls eight eight inches off the plate. But of course, I was yeah. Bugging, it, it, was, it, was, it was more than the ridiculous usual, but still, I should have known. But the lack of rest is what cost me a walk-off opportunity. I came up in the bottom of the eighth extra innings high school ball, bases loaded, down one, one out. And I got two fastballs grooved mm. and uh, straight up missed them both. And we went from undefeated on prom day prom night oh fuck oh shit. yeah yeah <laughs> i had started that year strong grand slam my first ab fly out to the warning track with the bases loaded the very next game um that was that was a bummer bro that that game sticks out i'll never forget that game i came home and tore the garage apart oh definitely <laughs> uh for uh, me i'm notorious for uh, uh breaking a helmet every season <laughs> oh you don't want to 
be around him and he strikes out. No, yeah. you don't want to be anywhere near him. Uh, when he's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many helmets he's broke, but better the helmet than at least a dozen. At least at a least dozen, yeah, dozen. definitely. And I'm glad eBay exists because I find the same helmet over and over again for the same price. <laughs> Where do you guys play? Sunday leagues. The Sunday Straight leagues. Uh, well, league baseball. Yeah, we're, Sunday we're, leagues. We're in the Inland Empire in San Bernardino. <laughs> What's the name of your guys' team, bro? I might have invited you guys to this tournament I threw last year. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, I, I, we were the IE Reds. Yeah, we were the IE Reds for a while. We were. Uh, I, th- I also- think I found you guys on one of the websites, bro. I threw a tournament last year. I, I think I got a hold of your coach too. Um, Moneyball Invitational. Winner takes ten grand cash. I'm in. Damn. <laughs> yeah, my, my buddy Money- Bradley Roberto, uh, pro ball player, homie of mine. He and I threw that tournament. Oh, nice. And uh, we hope to do another one this year. You know. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, metal bat or wood bat? Wood bat, baby. It was it was it was real baseball. And the, Good, the hell yeah. first the first day's tournament was that a small field, three hundred fences all the way around. Um there was some dingers, bro. It was a fun yeah. tournament. Nice. High scoring ball games. Uh what's your favorite baseball movie? You know, I grew up with um, you know, the ones we grew up with and yeah. they're all great, but Moneyball is just so freaking well made. Yeah. Uh and so authentic. I go with Moneyball, bro. I wish there was twenty movies like Moneyball. Um, and that's my goal, bro. At the end of my film career, I want to make 20 money balls. I want to make 20 money, 20 movies as good and authentic in the baseball world, telling baseball stories like Moneyball was. And, you know, you put the right writers and, and characters and stories and, and actors together. You know, M- Moneyball is fascinating to people who don't know baseball. You know, that's how well, ma- well made it was. But it took care of the core audience first. No Ace fan watched that and was like, yep. <clears throat> Yeah, they botched that. More Hollywood, right? Everyone watched that. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was there again, you know? So, yeah, that, there's a line in the uh, in the movie where he says something along uh, along the lines of uh, uh, that he wants to win the last game of the season. But yeah, he never did. You know, so that's, like that, that doesn't always... matter if you don't win the last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that always, that always touches remember. deep right here. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and it's one of those movies that you actually had ballplayers playing themselves. Like Royce Clayton was actually in that movie as himself. Mm-hmm. Well, no, was- Clayton plays Tejada. Oh, he plays Tejada. Yeah. Oh, I worked okay. with uh, Royce on pitch. I was in pitch. I actually got to play yeah, yeah. San Diego Padre. How's that for transitioning your childhood dream of being a Padre into acting? Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, baseball is romantic. What um, was that experience like, though, on yeah. pitch? I mean, like, that was too you know, cool, bro. I was a Padre for a week. We had the stadium, the chef, the weight room, BP. Like, I, I was a Padre for a week. When they needed me, they called us over when they needed us. You know, a lot of those guys just sat in the clubhouse. I had been there before. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I kind of knew my way around. And, um, I, you know, I bonded with the assistant director. The dude just texted me when they need me. And it was a dream come true, bro. It was cool. But it, it was part of the thing that helps me sleep at night, knowing, you know, I didn't make it all the way. But. I got to have some experiences that even the guys who do make it all the way don't get to have. So yeah, not, not a bad baseball journey. You know what I mean? No, not at all, man. Uh, I definitely relate to, you know, the disappointment of your fanhood because I, as a Mariners fan, we've never won a world series. We've never even been to a world series. (laughs) I remember what I was going to say now that we're talking about how much our team sucks. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. At least we share a facility too. Doesn't matter unless you win the last game of the year. And you said that hits home. And um, that hit home for me too so much because yeah. I've been to uh, six championship games and lost them all in my baseball career. Wow. 
Wow. Damn. Damn. That's tough. You, you never forget them too. And you never get over them. It's just like, that's what keeps you going. Yeah. I, I have this montage in my head of me, Blue Jays, Little League, McQueen High School, uh, this this league, this turn. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like just that moment <laughs> sitting on the rail. I can just see it like it was yesterday, seeing the team celebrate on the field. Yeah. No, it eats at you. It eats at you and it, it helps. It, it makes you just push harder for, you know, for the future. I, lo- I actually liked watching the Padres lose last year because last year wasn't the year no matter what. Right. And the, the Paddock, uh, not Paddock, the the Lamette, uh, Clevenger injuries going into the playoffs just made it easier uh, of a loss. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. We literally lost our aces, both of our aces. We yeah. were going into that series with our 3-4. Yeah. You know, so. <clears throat> I, I that's, where, that's where I wanted to get into. Lost hungry, like. I I don't care what any irritated Dodger fan says. There's a rivalry there right now. And until they dethrone the Dodgers, it's still their division. They're the Kings of the West. But right now, that's the most interesting, literally sports Illustrated covered it, bro. It's the most interesting rivalry in baseball since the Sox Yankees. Oh, three Oh four. Yeah. And that's where I I wanted to talk to you about knowing because you're a, you're a hardcore Padre fan. I'm a hardcore Dodger fan. Um, like, do you do you think you guys are gonna catch us this year? Are you confident? I mean, yeah, I do. I, I think AJ Preller had such a gangster offseason. You guys panic purchased Trevor Bauer at eighty five million for two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's that, a lot of that money. No fucking sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's got a career ERA around like four. Just on four point four point six something. Four, like four oh. point. Oh really? I thought yeah. it was like three point eight, and I was yeah, exaggerating. I, I thought I thought it was just under four. Yeah. Look, um, he, 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 I kind of saw it coming, to be honest. I've been saying Dodgers all offseason. He kind of fits just like – I'm not – I don't dislike him, but I'm not wild about him. I think he's his own worst enemy. Chase Darno put that yeah. in the best words for me once about referring to something else, and I think it applies here perfectly. Is I don't know. Like I, I don't think he's going to be like a clubhouse drama, but I, I don't think this guy is going to like <laughs> – <laughs> unite the team and then have an ERA no. under three. Right. I might be impressed and I might be wrong, but we'll see if we'll see if the whole like rotation already, spin rate goes up. <laughs> isn't this dude already arguing with Dodger fans on Twitter and stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. He, that, yeah see, like, see, Dodger fans are stupid, dude. They I are mean, stupid. I, I, hate, I hate to say it, like, I'm not a typical Dodger fan, dude. Like, because I'm educated in the game, but a lot of Dodger fans are ridiculously stupid, and I and I don't I don't really care for a lot of them, but overall. You know, I, I'm excited for this season and seeing the the Padres and the Dodgers just whoop each other's ass all the time. You know, it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be back and forth. Going to be get taken deep. Oh yeah, there's going to. I think there's going to be eventually there'll be a rumble between these guys. That you know, would be nice. I mean, yeah, I think it definitely is a rivalry now because you know you look at the talent on both teams and they're pretty evenly matched. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty close. Uh, race to the finish but um i think it really started to take off with the trent grisham mm-hmm. off of kershaw i think that's kind of really what you know lit the fire on the dodgers for them to to, to take it to them in the playoffs and so kind of t- carrying that into the new season yes i definitely see that rivalry especially right now in that nls i don't really see any other team uh, you know, competing with them. The Rockies are obviously dog shit right now. And then the Giants still, you know, picking up some pieces, but I don't think yeah, they're not there. close. Diamondbacks, 
So it's gonna be it's gonna be Dodgers Padres till the end. Yeah. And uh, th- this this rivalry, honestly, like it's it's like I'm watching the 0304 Yankees Red Sox all over yep. again, just just, just the way that is developing with with all the moves that are taking place, or you know, like for example, like the Yankees are comparable to the Dodgers in this sense, uh, just because like they got the talent, they got the money, you know, they're they're doing the thing, and and the Padres are the ones that the they're kind of like trying to keep up with the Joneses, but I think eventually they're gonna dethrone the Dodgers. You know, and and it's gonna be fun to watch, and I'm gonna enjoy seeing all the misery that the Dodgers fans are gonna take. <laughs> I'm you excited know? for a brawl. Uh, oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It- hey, the only difference between the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers, Padres is that the Dodgers just don't have a really old coach to get thrown on the ground. So <laughs> I think really that's the biggest difference. Oh yeah. man. So, they yeah. uh I, I I'm just really excited because I, I there nobody's really competed with the Dodgers in the West for a while. I like right. good baseball. I really love good baseball. I like competitiveness, I like the drive, like those guys are hungry. So it's like if they're not if if they're not able to compete, you know what I mean, like then the hunger's not there. But when you're stacked like they are and they have a chance to catch these guys, like I, I'm excited for just good baseball all the way through the season and a full season of it not the 60 game bullshit you know like yeah we won the world series do i count it yeah sure it's cool but i want to see it done in 162 so both he can stop giving me shit so i can shut the hell up right (laughs) yeah and then you know dh's minor league team over here can you know maybe do something but (laughs) 60 games 60 games wasn't enough what do you think about that whole line everything the seattle owner said inappropriate I was just about to ask you about oh, yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just think that, you know, now that it's out in the open, like he didn't hold anything back. It's it's common knowledge now that it's done. And I don't know it, why everyone's I, so mad at him. At least the dude was honest. Yeah, yeah. it's like, that's just facts. He was just spitting facts. That's all he was I, doing. I, watched, I watched the whole thing. I actually, like, I didn't think yeah. he said anything inappropriate. Mm-mm. I think they also so, took the I, English thing out of hand, like, it was an unnecessary comment, but it wasn't like he said, after all this time, he still speaks shitty English. He just said his English isn't tremendous. Like, it's not the biggest deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they didn't want to pay. They that... didn't want to pay an interpreter. What were they paying? $75,000? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was some bullshit. Like, okay, bro, you're running a billion-dollar organization. You can pay right. to do 70 grand to interpret. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, we, he's been here for, I don't know, how, five years, and he didn't learn English yet. Like, I'm not paying this guy <laughs> anymore. And all of a sudden, his English got better. So hey, like, bro, plot twist. That's his cousin, and he speaks perfect English all along. There's a spin-off series right there. There you there go. You go. <laughs> I, do, I want to talk to you, like, okay, so I, I also read that your uh, show is going to be featured on IGTV, and it's going to no, be... No, no, no. That was originally the plan was I wanted to actually create the show and put it out on IGTV for free. And the more stars got involved, yeah. the more everyone kind of said, bro, you have a network TV series on your hands. Do not put this out on IGTV for free. Mm-mm. So we actually scrapped that concept, and now we're pitching networks and streaming services, which is actually going surprisingly well. Good. Wow. So nice. it's kind of turning into a reality. Dang. That's so like, one step at a time. Do you have kind of like a estimated date as to when the first episode will drop? It, it kind of depends whether – the streaming service picks us up and recasts and reshoots everything or whether they just fund us to just keep doing it as is. Honestly, 
the first episode is called September Call-Up, so I'd love to put it out on September 1st. Maybe August 24th, leading up to September? I don't know. All right. Are you guys still shooting or right now, or are you guys pretty much finished up with what you were pitching to the, to the streaming we're doing a, We're doing a little bit more shooting just to have a full season one trailer, which is what we'll use as our sizzle slash proof of concept when we pitch the show. I mean, I'm excited to, to, to see when it comes out. I mean, you know, just that authenticity piece that we were talking about, like that's kind of what's been missing, you know, in all the shows that come out and just the believability behind it. Like ball players know, like, you know, who taught this guy how to swing? Who taught this guy how to throw? He's throwing off the roof. We see that in half a second and we dismiss an entire production because. Oh, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's exciting what you're bringing. And um, I mean, we'll be looking out for it for sure. And if you need okay. extras to play ball, you know. If you need extras, you know. <laughs> for real. Fans, cut out fans. We might cut out fans. We might at some point. Yeah. <laughs> We're ball players, man. We yes. we could be authentic as as you need. I want to do a scene where two fans sneak into the game. They hold up the cutouts, but they cut the eyes out so they can watch the game. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> that would be, That'd be good. I'm wearing a mask and I'm 500 feet away from anybody. What's the fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! My name's Randy. I've been coming to these games for 82 years. <laughs> <laughs> Seen this team lose 1,800 games. Honestly, though, uh, Padre fans deserve what's coming because it's been a rough, yeah, rough couple uh, forever. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> It's all right. I I know about the heartbreak in the two World Series, and uh, it's just I I went off (laughs) for real. (laughs) We finally got ours. (laughs) The only person who can even talk to me is the Mariners guy, and I don't really care what they have to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to finally not be the team that's so ass with ass owners and ass GMs. We have the best GM, the best player, the most exciting fun. San Diego is not going away, bro. It's it's and it's cool because like everything else left. Clippers gone. Chargers gone. Yeah, you guys are the only gone. You're the only professional team in San Diego. And I'm telling you guys, the energy is different, bro. I've gotten into p- conversations with people at the gas station today at the Mexican spot, getting food. Energy is just different in San Diego right now. It's coming. I mean, definitely Tatis brings that flavor, too. That dude was newly rich Tatis. That guy's yeah raking in the cash now. How do you feel about his, his contract that he just signed? As his friend, I feel <laughs> awesome, amazing, blessing. Um, I think I don't. I don't think it matters. I think yeah, he could have gotten more. I think he'll be worth more at certain years in that contract. But that's the beauty of it: is the dude was willing to structure that contract and you know statue contract, baby. Like yeah. let's get you out there in a statue next to Tony Gwynn and Trevor Hoffman. So yeah, man. I, I, I See, love that. It. That contract the gives Padre the team fan, flexibility. It's. It, I love everything about it and the structure. Yeah, it gives them flexibility to still make more moves in the next five six years. And he doesn't start go from twenty twenty five million a year to thirty six million a year until Machado's contract ends. So it's it really was structured cleverly. And um, what can I say as a sports fan? It's like we 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 feel like there's a hundred percent a title or two here in the next half dozen years. Yeah, possibly even a repeat. Like it, it's going to be awesome. I mean, the window seems like it's going to be open for a good while. It seems like it's getting longer too. That's the crazy part about the windows. It's like Gore, Abrams, Hassel. They're still not even close to coming up. 
That's true. Yeah, you know, you like not the- that long ago, the Padres had the top one of the top farm systems in the league. I mean, it's I mean, it's still it's still top five. That's the beauty of all the gangster moves Preller makes. There you go, Rube. So, you know, you're sitting uh, real pretty on that high horse, but you know, <laughs> hey, hey, all all I can say is we earned it, bro. We've been through the ringer with every single sports team we've had. San Diego sports has just been brutal, and there's a lot of people that are really loyal, awesome fans, and. It's just kind of cool to to share this with me, uh, con mi gente. You know, it's like my San Diegans. It's been a long time coming. We we've endured a lot of shitty teams and still shown up and bought those Fowler thirteen dollar beers and <laughs> oh, thirteen um, bucks. You know. That's it. I wish I wish Dodger Stadium beers were thirteen bucks for real. Freaking eighteen bucks, Man. dude. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Then yeah you want a michelada? For you a want a michelada? For seven. Twenty five bucks for a michelada at Dodger Stadium. No way. It's yeah, but, but I, I love Petco Park, dude. I, I think Petco Park is one of the most beautiful stadiums like ever built. It is it is at the perfect location. I love going there. You know, I've had great experiences there. The fans have always like, you know, me, I'm a Dodger fan. I go there wearing my Dodgers, you know, Dodger hat or whatever. They're they're they treat me good, never had an issue. Am I not Andy Eggins are mellow? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I just love the environment there. You know, like nobody's like everybody's rowdy. They're having a good time, you know. But yeah, you talk know, to your people in the bleachers, bro. <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah, that's, I, that's what I said. He's like, I don't even really care for a lot of Dodger fans. I'm more like I'm bougie, dude. Like I like I like sitting in the nice seats. Like I don't sit in the pavilion. <laughs> I, I I always uh, end up spotting a couple seats that are empty. I'm like, yeah, they're empty. No harm done. I always sneak yeah. my way down and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, improved seating and viewing, I like to call it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that at Dodger Stadium, like, whoa, whoa, where's your ticket? It's like, yeah, geez, no, calm Dodger, down. Dodger, Dodger Stadium's the toughest one to navigate like that around with. Um, I did it at Yankee Stadium, bro. I got all the way down to the second row, saw Jeter and A Rod on deck. That was cool. Damn. I've been, nice. I've been doing the sneaking thing since I was a kid. My father and I, we traveled a lot. And uh, when my parents got divorced when I was young, my father and I kind of came up with this thing as a bonding thing. Every year we'd go see a couple stadiums in an effort to see all 30 MLB stadiums. So we got to about 24 of them. And then I moved to Israel and we haven't really seen too many since. But uh, we did, you know, follow the Padres, Boston, New York, Baltimore, Philly. Uh, and then another time, D.C., Atlanta. So we're close. We got six left to go, but. All right. The Yankee Stadium is a 14-year-old sneaking around down to the front row. That's you know what I mean. I just got so many happy memories that things that ended up transforming me as a human and in my character, and they were all thanks to and from baseball. So, really, is the game of game of life, and uh, I, I do still think there's to some extent, uh, no matter how much we transcend the game and make it flashy and fun, there's always going to be that gentleman class element that this sport will always have above all others. Um, not to you know put any negative light on the others it's just the pro of baseball every sport has pros and cons like anything else but it's just a good time to uh it's just a good time to be around baseball a good time to be a san diego baseball fan and a good damn time to have tatis is the star of your baseball show yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh That's yeah right, man Dude, <laughs> I mean, there's nobody else better in the game right now to have as a star, like you were saying. There's I agree. And the crazy thing is, since we shot his scene, this kid has done ESPN cover, Sports Illustrated cover, MLB video game cover, MLB caliber season, bat flip, bat flip of the century on national TV in a playoff game, Grand Slam controversy that led to Gatorade and Adidas endorsements. It's like the dude is the face of the game. Yeah. 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 He's everywhere. All right, man. 
Oh man, it's an exciting time right now. So I mean, definitely, 20, I, 20 years old. Yeah, just Damn. turned twenty-two, bro. Incredible, Stud. crazy. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you guys, having spent some time around him and talked to him and bonded with him a little bit, the, the character is right up there with the skill level. You know, we did. We just had a. We just did an interview with uh, Jesse Chavez. He's he um he he's pitched uh, for a mm-hmm. bunch of teams, and he came to the house and and we did an interview with him. And we were talking about that. It was like character is like a big part of this game. Yeah. And if you you could be a superstar, but if you have shitty character, like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're gonna get paid, but if you're a douche, like it sucks. But you know, with people that are humble and have good character, good head on their shoulders. Like it's an it's a very honorable thing, and Tatis has that. He does have that. Yeah, good family, good dude, good head on the shoulders for sure. So, San Diego looking good, fellas. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, is. man. We'll see if you can. Hey, hey, you know what? Here's today. the thing, though. I'm gonna rub it. I'm gonna rub it in because L. A. You already know the glory. San Francisco dominated last decade. Mm. Rockies seen them go on some crazy runs. Holiday 07. They they took that 163rd game from the Padres. Then Holiday oh, yeah. still hasn't still hasn't, still hasn't, hasn't touched touch home plate. He yeah. still hasn't <laughs> touched home plate. Mark Grant, don't get me started. Mark Grant. Um, and, and the D backs 01 saw them kick ass and win the World Series. I was a kid watching. Like, oh, all the other teams. Barry's the dominant. Barry Bonds, Arizona. So I've seen every team in the division <laughs> kick San Diego's ass for my whole life. So I'm not going to feel bad when I see a little eight-year-old kid from Colorado wearing his Arenado or his Story jersey at Petco Park looking pretty bummed with his $7 cotton candy because the Padres are beating them 14-1. to (laughs) (laughs) I might even say, ha-ha! So I'm loving it. I I might even, like, I'm not big on materialistic purchases whatsoever, but if I get my finances in a spot where I'm sitting real pretty over the next couple years, I might fuck around and buy me a ring when they win it just to oh. have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what those cost, bro. I'm assuming five figures plus. I don't even want to know, but you find a way to get on the payroll, man, and they'll give you yeah. one. Just sneak That's into the ceremony. You're right. Yeah. Sne- sneak sneak in as a groundskeeper. There you go. I was here before the trade deadline. Point. I want my fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> there you, go. Oh, you need a you need an accent so you can be groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. I was gonna ask you man like are you worried about like are that kind of stuff you know, with, you know, all the ass slapping with the baseball, you know, playing all these games, they're going to come back and be like, oh, yeah, he was slapping guys' asses. during." No, no. All of them to immediately reference that castle and Blue Mountain State episode of Acknowledge My Acknowledge Me. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode where he he does good and his the backup quarterback won't smack his ass and say good job. And he's like. And he turns around, he walks by him, he's like, hello, and he's like, oh, my bad. Great play, and then he turns back <laughs> to the conversation. He's like, "And he's like, and nice tackle." He's like, "Are you going to acknowledge my play?" He's like, "What?" He's like, smack my ass, moron! <laughs> like, uh, I'm gonna pass. He's like, and then he gets all in his face, all dramatic, all Alan Richardson, Thad Castle. Like, when a teammate of yours makes a great play, I like to acknowledge his play, give him a smack on the ass. He's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he spends the entire 22-minute episode trying to get this guy to give him a smack on the ass. And he, I don't know what he does, but he, like, saves him and gets him out of police custody. And then he finally in <laughs> reaches over and gives him a smack on the ass. And he's like, was that so hard? <laughs> oh, dude, that's man. the total opposite of Key and Peele and their oh, yeah. whole slap ass. Have you seen that one? 
No, but I'm guessing theirs is don't touch my ass. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, dude, dude. Oh. please do it a favor. I'll, I'll send you the links. Yeah, send I'll you the send you the links. Send it to it's me. great. It oh yeah, it is, and you know it's funny. funny. It's funny because his name is Ralphie, which is Boski's real name, and Reuben, which is my real name. Yeah, it's just it's funny, dude. It's hilarious. You guys, you guys gotta run that as your intro. <laughs> just put your I know, right? on there. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, honestly, thank you for joining the podcast with us. I know you got a million things to do, so yeah. you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but it's dude, honestly, it was a true pleasure, honor to have you on with us. And we're really looking forward to you know what you got coming out, man. So honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, when the show gets picked up and we can let all the viewers know what streaming service or network it's going to be available at, I look forward to coming in and hopefully doing it in person. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, we would love to have you. In the you, meantime, seriously. appreciate you guys. And in the meantime, they can uh, check us out on Instagram at ondeckseries. Or no, that's our website is ondeckseries.com. But on Instagram, at ondeckseries. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. I'm excited to bring the show to the baseball world. I think anyone with any baseball in their lives are going to really really like it and love it so i'm excited awesome. to to bring it from uh, an idea that came laying in the outfield at the end of a practice one day to national television god yeah. willing we'll see what happens so good we wish you the best of luck man we we really appreciate your time dude all right guys yeah i appreciate you man thanks for hopping thanks on so much. thank you have a good one